O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, December 17th. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayeki, and it means, And he lived. Genesis forty nine twenty seven to fifty twenty. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, devouring his enemies in the morning and dividing his plunder in the evening. These are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said as he told his sons goodbye. 
he blessed each one with an appropriate message. Then Jacob instructed them, Soon I will die and join my ancestors. Bury me with my father and grandfather in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hittite. This is the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre, in Canaan, that Abraham bought from Ephron the Hittite as a permanent burial site. There Abraham and his wife Sarah are buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah are buried. And there I buried Leah. It is the plot of land and the cave that my grandfather Abraham bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished this charge to his sons, he drew his feet into the bed, breathed his last, and joined his ancestors in death. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph told the physicians who served him to embalm his father's body, so Jacob was embalmed. The embalming process took the usual forty days, and the Egyptians mourned his death for seventy days. When the period of mourning was over, Joseph approached Pharaoh's advisors and said, Please do me this favor and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. Tell him that my father made me swear an oath. He said to me, Listen, I am about to die. Take my body back to the land of Canaan and bury me in the tomb I prepared for myself. So please allow me to go and bury my father. After his burial, I will return without delay. Pharaoh agreed to Joseph's request. Go and bury your father as he made you promise, he said. So Joseph went up to bury his father. He was accompanied by all of Pharaoh's officials, all the senior members of Pharaoh's household, and all the senior officials of Egypt. Joseph also took his entire household and his brothers and their households. But they left their little children and flocks and herds in the land of Goshen. A great number of chariots and charioteers accompanied Joseph. When they arrived at the threshing floor of Atad near the Jordan River, they held a very great and solemn memorial service with a seven-day period of mourning for Joseph's father. The local residents, the Canaanites, watched them mourning at the threshing floor of Atad. Then they renamed that place which is near the Jordan Abel Mizraim, for they said, This is a place of deep mourning for these Egyptians. So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded them. They carried his body to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre. This is the cave that Abraham had bought as a permanent burial site from Ephron the Hittite. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended harm to me, 
but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Nahum 1, 1 to 3, 19. This message concerning Nineveh came as a vision to Nahum, who lived in Elkosh. The Lord is a jealous God, filled with vengeance and rage. He takes revenge on all who oppose him and continues to rage against his enemies. The Lord is slow to get angry, but his power is great, and he never lets the guilty go unpunished. He displays his power in the whirlwind and the storm. The billowing clouds are the dust beneath his feet. At his command, the oceans dry up and the rivers disappear. The lush pastures of Bashan and Carmel fade, and the green forests of Lebanon wither. In his presence, the mountains quake and the hills melt away. The earth trembles and its people are destroyed. Who can stand before his fierce anger? Who can survive his burning fury? His rage blazes forth like fire, and the mountains crumble to dust in his presence. The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him, but he will sweep away his enemies in an overwhelming flood. He will pursue his foes into the darkness of night. Why are you scheming against the Lord? He will destroy you with one blow. He won't need to strike twice. His enemies, tangled like thorn bushes and staggering like drunks, will be burned up like dry stubble in a field. Who is this wicked counselor of yours who plots evil against the Lord? This is what the Lord says. Though the Assyrians have many allies, they will be destroyed and disappear. O my people, I have punished you before, but I will not punish you again. Now I will break the yoke of bondage from your neck and tear off the chains of Assyrian oppression. And this is what the Lord says concerning the Assyrians in Nineveh. You will have no more children to carry on your name. I will destroy all the idols in the temple of your gods. I am preparing a grave for you because you are despicable. Look, a messenger is coming over the mountains with good news. He is bringing a message of peace. Celebrate your feasts, O people of Judah, and fulfill all your vows, for your wicked enemies will never again invade your land. They will be completely destroyed. Your enemy is coming to crush you, Nineveh. Man the ramparts, watch the roads, prepare your defenses, call out your forces. Even though the destroyer has destroyed Judah, the Lord will restore its honor. Israel's vine has been stripped of branches, but he will restore its splendor. Shields flash red in the sunlight. See the scarlet uniforms of the valiant troops. Watch as their glittering chariots move into position, with a forest of spears waving above them. The chariots race recklessly along the streets and rush wildly through the squares. They flash like firelight and move as swiftly as lightning. The king shouts to his officers, and they stumble in their haste, rushing to the walls to set up their defenses. The river gates have been torn open. The palace is about to collapse. Nineveh's exile has been decreed, and all the servant girls mourn its capture. They moan like doves and beat their breasts in sorrow. 
Nineveh is like a leaking water reservoir. The people are slipping away. Stop, stop, someone shouts, but no one even looks back. Loot the silver, plunder the gold. There's no end to Nineveh's treasures, its vast, uncounted wealth. Soon, the city is plundered, empty, and ruined. Hearts melt and knees shake. The people stand aghast, their faces pale and trembling. Where now is that great Nineveh, that den filled with young lions? It was a place where people, like lions and their cubs, walked freely and without fear. The lion tore up meat for his cubs and strangled prey for his mate. He filled his dam with prey and his caverns with his plunder. I am your enemy, says Yahweh Saveot, the Lord of Heaven's armies. Your chariots will soon go up in smoke. Your young men will be killed in battle. Never again will you plunder conquered nations. The voices of your proud messengers will be heard no more. What sorrow awaits Nineveh, the city of murder and lies. She is crammed with wealth and is never without victims. Hear the crack of whips, the rumble of wheels. Horses' hooves pound and chariots clatter wildly. See the flashing swords and glittering spears as the charioteers charge past. There are countless casualties, heaps of bodies, so many bodies that people stumble over them. All this because Nineveh, the beautiful and faithless city, mistress of deadly charms, enticed the nations with her beauty. She taught them all her magic, enchanting people everywhere. I am your enemy, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, and now I will lift your skirts and show all the earth your nakedness and shame. I will cover you with filth and show the world how vile you really are. All who see you will shrink back and say, Nineveh lies in ruins. Where are the mourners? Does anyone regret your destruction? Are you any better than the city of Thebes, situated on the Nile River, surrounded by water? She was protected by the river on all sides, walled in by water. Ethiopia and the land of Egypt gave unlimited assistance. The nations of Put and Libya were among her allies. Yet Thebes fell, and her people were led away as captives. Her babies were dashed to death against the stones of the streets. Soldiers threw dice to get Egyptian officers as servants. All their leaders were bound in chains. And you, Nineveh, will also stagger like a drunkard. You will hide for fear of the attacking enemy. All your fortresses will fall. They will be devoured like the ripe figs that fall into the mouths of those who shake the trees. Your troops will be as weak and helpless as women. The gates of your land will be opened wide to the enemy and set on fire and burn. Get ready for the siege. Store up water. Strengthen the defenses. Go into the pits to trample clay and pack it into molds, making bricks to repair the walls. But the fire will devour you. The sword will cut you down. The enemy will consume you like locusts, devouring everything they see. There will be no escape, even if you multiply like swarming locusts. Your merchants have multiplied until they outnumber the stars. But, like a swarm of locusts, they strip the land and fly away. Your guards and officials are also like swarming locusts that crowd together in the hedges on a cold day. But, like locusts that fly away when the sun comes up, 
all of them will fly away and disappear. Your shepherds are asleep, O Assyrian king. Your princes lie dead in the dust. Your people are scattered across the mountains with no one to gather them together. There is no healing for your wound. Your injury is fatal. All who hear of your destruction will clap their hands for joy. Where can anyone be found who has not suffered from your continual cruelty? Revelation 8, 1-13 When the Lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll, there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. I, John, saw the seven angels who stand before God, and they were given seven trumpets. Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar, and a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's holy people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense, mixed with the prayers of God's people, ascended up to God from the altar, where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar, and threw it down upon the earth. And thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. Then the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepared to blow their mighty blasts. The first angel blew his trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth. One-third of the earth was set on fire, one-third of the trees were burned, and all the green grass was burned. Then the second angel blew his trumpet, and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One-third of the water in the sea became blood. One-third of all living things in the sea died, and one-third of all the ships on the sea were destroyed. Then the third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one-third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was Wormwood. It made one-third of the water bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. Then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck, and one-third of the moon, and one-third of the stars, and they became dark, and one-third of the day was dark, and also one-third of the night. Then I looked, and I heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air, Terror! 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 To all who belong to this world, because of what will happen when the last three angels blow their trumpets. Psalm 136, 1-26 Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. 
and the moon and stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. His faithful love endures forever. He killed powerful kings. His faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever, a special possession to his servant Israel. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. O give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Proverbs 30, 7-9 O God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Adonai Adonai Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Ileka Vayaseleka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
I want to speak to you today from Revelation chapter 8, and then we're going to jump into Psalm 136. And in Revelation chapter 8, there's a beautiful scene described for us about the throne room and the role that prayers of the saints have. Um, Your prayers matter. They matter much. And the prayers of the saints causes changes in the earthly realm. So let's look at it. Chapter 8, verse 3. Another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar, and a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's holy people as an offering on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. So, our prayers are likened to incense. So, incense, if you've ever lit any incense, it makes a smoke and it has a sweet smell, a fragrant smell, and it ascends upward. Our prayers ascend upward like incense. And then it goes up into the heavenly realm. It mixes with the actual incense that's up there, and our prayers mix with the incense. And then we see an action occur. Verse 5, Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth. And thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. So, our prayers, especially when we are in concert and in unity with many, many other believers praying the same thing, moves the heart and the hand of God. And what we see described here is an angel that takes all these prayers mixed with incense and he lights it on fire and then he pours the bowl out and sends forth the answer to the earthly realm. Now, as an example of how prayer works and how prayer changes things, we've had Roe versus Wade, the abortion in all 50 states as the law of our, our land since the 1970s. Roe has long since recanted on her position, and of course she has passed away, but she did record her testimony and leave a written record of her final testimony and her uh, opposition to the whole abortion situation. And so now it is being considered at the Supreme Court. There was a case brought forth from Missouri And this case is now being considered by the 12 justices of the Supreme Court. And there is a possibility that the Roe versus Wade decision could be overturned. And basically, the the Supreme Court would then turn it back to each individual state, that each individual state could make its own decision regarding abortion, whether they want it to be legal or not. Now, this has been decades of Christians praying and repenting and opening up care pregnancy centers in all 50 states and praying some more and quietly demonstrating at the abortion clinics and continuing to pray and intercede and repent for this terrible sin, the blood that we have on our hands as a nation. Will the Roe versus Wade decision be overturned? Time will tell. But again, many, 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 many people 
have been praying in this issue. And how do we know how to pray? How do we know what God's will is? Well, we look at the Word. And the Word tells us that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and that God knew us while we were still being knit together in the womb of our mother. So we look at the will, we find the will of God in His Word, and then we can pray His Word and pray into the will of the Father. Now, in the rest part of this chapter, we see some judgments coming down upon the earth. The final seventh seal is unsealed, and there's silence in heaven for about 30 minutes. And then there's a series of trumpet blasts, the trumpet judgments. And the first angel blows his trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down upon the earth. One-third of the earth is set on fire, one-third of the trees were burned, and all the green grass was burned. And then the second angel blows his trumpet, the second shofar, the second trumpet, and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One-third of the water in the sea becomes blood. One-third of all living things in the sea dies. And one-third of all the ships on the sea were destroyed. And then in verse 10, Then the third angel blows his trumpet, and a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one-third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was called Wormwood, and it made one-third of the water bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. This sounds like an asteroid or some kind of a celestial body that um, does a deep impact upon the Earth. And when an asteroid should hit the Earth, it could become... um, so catastrophic that it, you know, it ends all life on Earth, but uh, that's not what happens here. But it does do tremendous, tremendous damage. And so this is prophesied that it's going to happen. It's just a question of when. So we see these judgments coming upon the Earth, and it can be really scary. And yet we are to trust in the Lord and cling to him. And so let's conclude with Psalm 136. And I love this psalm because I sensed in it the rhythm of the heartbeat of God. The gentle heartbeat of God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And so he says it over and over and over and over. So that if we have any fear or any doubt or any anxiety. Or we start to feel rejected or abandoned or lost or hopeless. It, he's saying it to us re- repeatedly. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. And if you forget this, don't forget His faithful love endures forever. We need to be so consumed in that, so convinced of that, so immersed in that, immersed in the love, the faithful love of God. And the last couple of verses are especially significant. He remembers us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He continues to love us, even even when we are weak. He saves us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. Why does he save us from our enemies? Because he loves us. He gives food to every living thing. Why? Because his faithful love endures forever. So may you be wrapped up 
and covered and immersed and soaked in the faithful love of Yeshua, which endures forever. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>